This is Brother Michael A. Smith, a voice for Freemasonry, bringing to you the Short Talk Bulletin, published by the Masonic Service Association of North America every month since 1923. This, the Short Talk Bulletin podcast, is produced in cooperation with the MSA and is made possible with the generous support of a grant from the Grand Lodge AFNAM of Minnesota. Volume 94, Number 4, from April of 2016. Esotericism, a Matter of Degrees Written by Brother Arturo de Hoyos Editor's Note The author is Grand Archivist and Grand Historian of the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry, Southern Masonic Jurisdiction. Brother de Hoyos is past master of Macallan Lodge No. 1110 in Texas, 33rd degree, Grand Cross, and Knight of the York Cross of Honor. Is Freemasonry esoteric or not? The short answer is yes, no, maybe. By definition, esotericism is any topic intended for or likely to be understood by only a small number of people with a specialized knowledge or interest. This certainly applies to masonry, but on a deeper level and in a Masonic context, it's usually taken to mean that our ceremonies and rituals allude to realities and or truths not generally understood or which may have a spiritual component to them. The term is tainted to some people and acceptable to others. Hence, it may not be easy to wholly accept or discard the term esoteric masonry. Like an onion, each esoteric layer successively builds upon the other. We can all agree that masonry is intended to be understood by few, and that it is a kind of specialized knowledge. But the questions are, what kind of specialized knowledge, and are they real secrets? Depending upon one's inclinations, the Master Mason degree has been interpreted in a variety of different ways by different persons. For some, it's a story of fidelity. For others, it teaches hope in the immortality of the soul. For still others, it's a lesson in alchemy. And yet, for still others, it alludes to the discovery of entheogens. Some see it as multifaceted, or a combination of various things. But we should avoid trying to enshrine our interpretation as the true one. Since 1717, there have been more than 1,000 Masonic degrees created. The most popular survived and are included in many of the rites, orders, and systems we know today. Like a meal, each degree is only as good as its creator. The recipe may include many of the same ingredients as other meals, yet taste completely different. By analogy, we may see many of the same ingredients or features in a number of degrees, which teach completely different things. The predilections of a degree's author affect the content as much as the taste buds of a chef. Hence, the flavor of the foundational craft degrees in various rites, orders, and systems webworking, Scottish Rite, York Rite, Swedish Rite, RER, etc. differs immensely 
and in the higher degrees, the differences are even more dramatic and pronounced. Some are philosophical, others practical. Some present allegory, and others offer discourses on symbolism or quasi-historical themes. In something like the Scottish Rite, the same degree may have dramatically different rituals, depending upon the jurisdiction. Compare, for example, the 20th degree in the southern jurisdiction and northern Masonic jurisdictions. They are nothing alike. But when someone describes himself as an esoteric Mason, it quite often means that he sees and embraces what appear to be aspects of the Western esoteric tradition in our rituals. That is, some affinity to the symbolism of Hermeticism, Gnosticism, Neoplatonism, Kabbalah, etc. Freemasonry is an eclectic organization, and at various times we have borrowed the language and symbols of these and other traditions. The question becomes, do our rituals teach these things as realities, or do we use them to stimulate thought, or both? We are wisely counseled not to mistake a symbol for the thing symbolized, but in some cases, I believe that is what's happened. In other cases, I believe we do indeed have vestiges of other traditions. But even when they are there, they may be only one layer thick on our Masonic onion. The problem is twofold. Some deny any esoteric influences at all, or assert they are just used symbolically, while others claim it's the main part of the onion. If the matter is open to interpretation and not defined by the ritual itself, who has the right to decide? This much we know. Many of Freemasonry symbols were used before the modern fraternity existed and appeared in a variety of books. Some were educational and philosophical, such as the Choice Emblems books. Others were indeed hermetic, for example, alchemical texts. As I said, we're an eclectic organization. How many times have you seen the square and compasses, or all-seeing eye, used and abused in Hollywood and elsewhere because it looks cool? Well, I'm willing to bet at least some of our symbols migrated into the fraternity the same way. An unknown degree maker in the 1700s saw something that looked cool to him and dropped it into the ritual. Not necessarily bad, but 225 years later, his personal predilection turns into a debate. Certainly, there are clear examples of borrowing from esoteric texts. For example, I am aware of an older version, early 1800s, of a Scottish Rite degree which includes a large portion extracted from Cornelius Agrippa's De Occulta Philosophia from the 1530s. If asked if that degree was esoteric, I would say yes, while to its counterpart in a later version or in another Supreme Council, I would say no. My point is to quit quibbling over such things and find the common ground where we can best work and best agree. If esotericism interests you, that's fine. If not, that's also fine. 
My personal library is well stocked with enough material on both sides to make anyone think in favor of or against any position. The important thing is to be well educated and understand what we know first. Before you reach for the stars, make sure your feet are firmly planted on the ground. Make yourself into someone who can be taken seriously. Learn the facts about our origins based upon what we know. I sometimes speak about historical records versus hysterical documents. Before you buy into such fantasies as Freemasonry descended from the ancient Egyptians, get a quick education. Here are three books to give you a reality check. 1. World of Freemasonry by Harry Carr 2. Freemason's Guide and Compendium by Bernard E. Jones and 3. The Origins of Freemasonry, Scotland's Century, 1590-1710 by David Stevenson When you can speak intelligently about the old charges, or Gothic constitutions, early Freemasonry in Scotland, the formation of the First Grand Lodge, and how and when the degrees developed, people may be inclined to listen to you when you start to talk about more exotic things. Educate yourself well enough to argue both sides of the argument. Take due notice thereof and govern yourselves accordingly. This is Brother Michael A. Smith, a voice for Freemasonry, And this has been the Short Talk Bulletin Podcast, produced in cooperation with the Masonic Service Association of North America for the purpose of providing a common stock of vetted Masonic information to all of the constituent lodges of all of the member jurisdictions and is made possible through a generous grant from the Grand Lodge AF&AM of Minnesota who have been engaging and inspiring good men who believe in a supreme being to live according to the Masonic tenets of brotherly love, relief, and truth since 1853.